Greetings, friends! Welcome back to another excellent episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and just lame-ass toy maker, <laughs> Alex Dandino. All right, before we continue the October Whore Mega Marathon, we just have so many words in there now. We're like a monster truck rally, essentially. 31 days, 31 pods. You guys know the deal. Uh, before we do that, a little business. Everyone, it's official. We're on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Pod. The absolute best way to make this show exactly what you want and deserve. Your pleasures. Your pleasures. Open our box and feel our pleasures. Uh, <laughs> if you want a movie every day this month for the full October marathon, you gotta go to Patreon. Uh, we have two Patreon exclusives and a feature-length commentary on 13 Ghosts, which we're very excited to drop on you guys. Uh, we have a great time over there. If you can, we appreciate the support. Every little bit helps out a lot. Uh, for those of you who do already, thank you. For those of you who are about to, thank you as well. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Film Alchemist. Email the show, filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials you're on. We would appreciate follows and shares of all the stuff we're doing this month. Help uh, fill it up. We're doing a lot of work, and we'd love to share with as many people as possible, guys. Something else you can do that helps us out a ton, which is free and takes but a second. Leave those ratings and reviews wherever you find the show and everywhere you find the show. Help us defeat the algorithmic ancestors that cursed us before we ever had a chance. All right. Business done. Now it's time to the hard business of trapping the devil in hellraiser 4 bloodline Bloodline. the uh this was an infamous trend in horror movies at the time uh the goes to space sequel this one is not a fully in space movie right because this is not this is a space movie we start off with space stations spaceships robots yeah uh we got all the classics of your sci-fi movie but what we're really doing is we're telling a tale of our ancestors back we're doing a period piece mixed with the fucking in-space sequel, and it is a hell of a mix, right? I I actually think this movie is really clever in finding its areas to kind of fill in the mythology. Again, we're kind of back to this, you know, Pinhead is not quite as unleashed as he was in the previous movie now that he's whole again, but he's actually far more sinister in this one, I think, than he has been in the previous entries. Um, there's some extra extra teeth in pinhead in this film um so i've always really enjoyed this movie i, th I think it's a really fun flick alex opening thoughts on bloodlines <laughs> well two days ago we were talking about how like the real like the tragedy of uh of hellraiser 2 is that it's just it's it overcomplicates things Mm -hmm. what's nice about hellraiser four is um it's like the universe heard my pleas for a simpler film and they're like but do you also <laughs> want us to time jump i said yeah sure yeah and that's what we <laughs> and then you watch hellraiser three you're like not that simple yeah and they're like gotcha. a little more and then like <laughs> so now we're right in the sweet spot of simplicity over technicality i 
I gotta be honest, like it's a weird movie and I did not expect it to start in space on the Minos, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> um it was cool though. I really I look, I like stuff that will go back. Just like I said of the way I like the origin of Pinhead, I like stuff that goes back and kinda connects dots you didn't really see before. I think it's kinda fun, man. This is another great right, example that- of it just kinda going for broke. Yeah, and, and I think when you're doing sequels, if you're going to keep doing the franchise, especially one like this, that has all this iconography, right? It is fun to see filmmakers come in and be like, ooh, no one's done Puzzle Box yet. Let's go there. Um, I thought that was really fun, man. So, yeah, we start off, right? These invaders are boarding the ship. They capture this guy after he's been – he's opening the Puzzle Box with a robot. Yeah. Which I was like, that's just cool. It's like a fucking Wish.com right. well, Terminator. He, yeah, he's like absolving himself of... Uh, he's yeah, absolving which himself. Is, which, which is a cheat. Because as we learned in Hellraiser 2, hands don't summon us, desires do. But he kind of knows, right? Because Pinhead busts out of the box, right? The robot blows up. Yep, yep. And he's just like, ah, demon, right? They kind of talk some shit. Long wait for such a short game. Right. Next thing you know, he gets invaded by... a. Uh, Wish.com, Gina Carano. Actually, Gina Carano's Wish.com, Gina Yeah, Carano. yeah, I was going to say. There's no, there's... And they, they start interrogating him, right? They're like, oh, this fucking fancy space station, this famous guy, it's been offline, what the fuck? And he's like, let me tell you a yarn. <laughs> he's let like, don't worry, about the fact that, don't worry about the fact that an interdimensional fucking sex demon is on the space station. I've got time. We've got plenty of time to discuss a story of trial and tribulation from the 1700s don't worry the two-way investigation mirror is sex demon proof i swear now let me tell you about great 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 grandpappy um and that's how we launch in right pinheads on a space station the marines are in they catch him now we're gonna go back i fucking love this period of the film if i had one complaint with the movie and it's it's not really a big complaint right I think the time period where we first jump back to, right? This kind of rent. I don't even know when this is, right? It's not the Renaissance, but it's, it's like the set. It's seven. It's like late 1700s. Yeah. In France or wherever. Yeah. Yeah. And we jump back, right? Cause there are people being like, pa, puppycock science. But then the, the main story is between a toy maker and a fucking magician. Uh, who knew that when those two fucking powerhouses collided, the world would shake. Um, but I like this, right? I liked watching just him design the puzzle box. I thought that was fun, right? It's a little titillating, like, ooh, ooh, there it is. And then his wife's just kind of like, meh. He's like, God damn it, I'll go to God the damn it, fucking... I'll go to this guy's house. He'll like it. You know, I'm La Machant. You should respect me. <laughs> so he goes over to the, the fucking magician's house. And this is where this part gets awesome. So essentially, he delivers his box. They send him on his way, right? They've captured this lady who seems to think she's there for sex stuff, right? Young right. Adam Scott uh, playing, you know, creepy little nephew. Yep, yep. So the magician, they tie her up, right? It's like, oh, sex stuff. Yeah, yeah. Ooh, a feast. Mm, opulent. Next thing you know, feast is rotten. We look up. Chains and hooks, right? Yep, yep. Kind of like, which came first, the fucking sex demon egg or the <laughs> sex demon chicken? We don't know. I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, maybe they're just... Maybe these demons aren't as original as I thought they were. <laughs> fucking, they're, they're just in hell and Leviathan's like, awesome, steal that brandy. That looks so what? cool. Please go that, get that. That is dope. 
steal that, please. All right, that's my new, <laughs> that's my new favorite thing we've discovered is, is Leviathan just like a bro in college who's just watching yeah. movies. That shit looks so dope. Go get it. I'm just saying if there's one person in these universes that's definitely a fuckboy, it's Leviathan. <laughs> like, for sure. Leviathan for sure would Dude, win Fuckboy Island. Yeah, yeah, he, he is Fuckboy Island, right? He's like, I'm the side with which you fuck on. Never mind. Neither here nor there. <laughs> they capture this lady, right? And uh, he strangles her, right? Breaks her neck. And then we start. And I, I love the ritual of this, right? So they peel the skin. The toy maker's watching like a creep. Because no one complimented him on the box, right? He's like, hey, I made that. No one likes me. He's like that little elf in Rudolph, right, who just wants to be a dentist. Neither here nor there. Uh, so they peel this lady's skin, right? Take her fucking fliss, yep. right? The, yep. the blood fills the floor. It lights, right? They're hanging the skin so that he can summon, summon this the thing. Summon the demon, yep. And he captures the demon in this lady's skin. Yeah. And it's fucking It's pretty awesome. cool, man. Like, this whole scene was great. This whole sequence was because when we flashed that far back, like, because my thought was like, oh, we'll go like six months before when someone like found it the last time. I'm like, oh, no, we're going all the way back. Yeah. Yeah. That was really fucking cool. Because that was another thing I like. We had only been in modern movies at this point. This was the first time we've been like way, way back. And I'm like, oh, shit. There's and some, way, way forward. There's some whips and chains action. They might not realize like, oh. What yeah. dust thou wrought iron come from? Like, you know, that kind it's of It's hard because I always assume people back then would be less horny oh, because no. of the, the smells and the hygiene. Yeah, deeply horny. Like, dude, if people from our time went back, like, we could never have sex. Not at all. So, like, the, the smells and the hygiene would be so overwhelming yeah. to our systems. Everyone smells um, like spoiled fruit like, back then. Yeah. So you're like, also, though, you're like, and they all wear, like, those fluffy fucking pants and all these clothes and shit. They're fucking powdered faces. This is not a good thing, right, for right. sex stuff. But they also have no electricity or TV. So it's like, ah, oh, they probably that's all they have. They're like, well, it's either working hard or fucking sexually exploding our body. <laughs> but uh, I just thought it was an awesome scene, right? And they get to this thing, right, where essentially he's saying demons will walk among us now. Uh, a summoned demon is yours con to control unless you stay out of the way of hell. This is, this movie essentially does like the, we have gremlin rules, don't fucking break Right. Them. Don't feed them right? after midnight, yeah. Yeah, and it's, it's fucking rad, man. It's a really cool scene. The next time we see them, right, we see uh, the magician has just been fucking gotten, right? He got held up. And then, because the puzzle maker is going to steal his box back, right? Whatever. Right, yeah. And then we're like, so the uncle got got, and Angelique... Is just fucking pounding Adam Scott. Yeah, takes Adam regularly. Scott for a ride. Yeah, the magic he's kind of control is blood sex sugar magic. Yeah, apparently, right? Very and much so. <laughs> though the way he so fucking wantonly just cast aside his magician uncle, and he's like, "There's only one portal I'm interested in, Unc," and that's just what we do, right? Yeah. Because yeah, that's also we forgot the scene, right? He goes and talks to his scientist friend, who's just like, "Poppycock, you idiot." And he's like, obviously, science. He's like, build a trap for the demons, right? So this is kind of the the cat and mouse of the movie. Right. But I don't know. I don't know about you, man, but I just I thought this scene was exquisitely, as they say later, exquisitely Hellraiser. Right? Yeah. It felt different. There's no pinhead or Cenobites. 
the box is barely a part of this ritual. I still don't yeah. understand why they needed the box because they don't seemingly. Use I mean, it I in think the that there's a lot of tendencies, like because Pinhead is so iconic. It's the same thing, you know. Like, why would you have Freddy move without Freddy? Why would you have a Jason move without Jason? Yep. Like, but I think what sets them apart is like we know the history of both those characters without needing to go back. Like, again, this is the advantage of the first movie just being out like a shot. You're like, all right, I have no idea what these fucking people are here for. You can take your time, man. You can make those kinds of things. So like it isn't, it doesn't have to turn into that chicken or the egg story that I think a lot of the time, probably this movie gets maybe tagged for, for like no reason other than just like, it's not everybody's favorite movie. But I mean, I think ultimately it's trying like, to juggle a lot of balls. Yeah, like at one this time. sequence does a lot of work. And I, I mean, for awesome. being for being in a Hellraiser movie again, I mean, did you ever think like I can t- I can safely say I never expected to watch a Hellraiser movie taking place in the 1700s. So that was cool. That that scene is amazing. Yeah, it's awesome. That's just a great horror movie scene. Yeah, totally. And what it sets us up for, this is something I was going to get your opinion on, right? Because this is the, your whole bloodline's curse um, because you guys summon the demon. For your part in this, now you're you know, going to pay till the end of time, whatever, right? Do you, like me, I kind of wish they would have kept it in this time period. I thought they had a real good setup here. And I'm not sure the jump to, like, the 90s timeline? yeah. I, it's super, funny. You I mean, say it did that. show this like carrying on of the curse, but I thought that setup in France was fucking right. Yeah, I actually was really upset when we shifted to like the nineties. Like, I'm yeah. I was like, guys, who gives a shit? Haven't we already done yeah. this? We're doing Barry Lyndon and two thousand one. Yeah, so we're gonna. We yeah, don't we're need gonna to do look Barry Lyndon and two thousand one. We do not need to see eyes wide shut. We get it. Yeah, like I. Actually, I guess in this context, we would. That would be a great title for a Hellraiser sequel. Yeah. Actually, now that I think about it, I do want to see an eyes wide shut with the Hellraiser people. Damn it. (laughs) Um, But no, I thought we were going to spend a lot more time in the past. And I really liked the yarn we were spending because I forgot it was a fucking yarn where apparently, again, P-Head does not go beyond the two-way class. So he figured, you know, he was just like. Well, I just I, I appreciate narrative structure. I'm not gonna interrupt. not only do I not only do I enjoy ple- ultimate pleasures, I watch a lot of SVU. You know, <laughs> I too am an artiste. I understand how hard it is to put yourself out there. It's really cool. <laughs> I I think my problem with it is right is I'm like if we're doing the cursed lineage, I'd almost rather it had been like three to five really short segments that jumped us a lot. Yeah. There, there's like this rule of three oh, thing. Oh, you say like maybe more of an anthology type thing? Yeah, because I mean that's what it feels like, right? Because I know someone will say, "Well, rules of three, right? Space, modern time, and France." The space is not part of that, right? If we're gonna jump, I'm like, do France, right? Do World War Two, do fucking you know prohibition, do whatever. Like jump us a lot, man. Let's see what's up. Um, I think we could have done a couple more segments because. The 90s segment just the 90s it falls segment very flat for me. And to be honest with you, you could have done this in the like future segments or literally just kept it. Well, the thing is, it, it, it matters the the human story, right? The toy maker in the first one initiates what we're doing and his like, you know, oh, fuck, I got got like I blew it. 
the toy maker in this one is just a guy who has nightmares and is designing a room to capture light, right? Right. Because his his mom told him some scary. Right. Well, and that's like the bit. But this this part falls apart fast because we've got like four things happening, right? So he's a, a family man who feels like he's cursed, has nightmares. He's building this box while he's like an award winning toy maker. The princess is, has to come over to get him in the box to stop the bloodline, but also seemingly <laughs> wants to just hook up with him. Yeah. Meanwhile, Pinhead comes in. And he's like, "God damn it, princess temptations." And it's like, wait, like we're just doing a lot of shit right now. Yeah, right? there's a lot of bits going on. I mean, like a lot of bits. I think this is the other thing, too, that I because. So, like, it's the anti it's like the anti life equation, this like this other box. What, what's it called? Mm-hmm. The the Elysium something. Yeah, it's like a Elysium configuration, right? Whatever. It traps lights and that'll. Yeah. Melt so, the like. Demons. There's there's this there's this thread that, and again like I don't see the point in I don't see the point in 1996 other than just like pointing out that it survived time. I, yeah, I think I would have just jumped back to 2127. I really well, don't. Here's the other thing because this segment has this awesome reveal, right? right? Where Pinhead comes out. Um, now he's just like awoken because he's just like I'm yeah. here now. Now he's just like, around. Yeah, he just is like, all of a sudden, he's like, you know what I'm going to do? Uh, I'm going to just get this fucking philanderer, this lawn mowing philanderer, right? I'm going to fucking clamp his nips because the princess was trying to hook up with him. So he's not even like bound to the box. He's just showing up whenever the fuck. Oh, no, because they do introduce the box and that's how he comes back, right? Right. But they, they have this great reveal where he comes out and he's just like princess, and you're like, oh, fuck. The princess of hell was foisted into his skin, has lived on Earth as a sex servant for Adam Scott, who she got. Right. And so now Pinhead's like, things have changed, right? And you're like, is this a power struggle? Does he want the princess right, right. back? The, we're getting into what? some really weird bureaucracy in 1996 that, like, yeah. kind of, again, it, it re, it, again, this goes back to what I said yesterday, like, man. The rules and laws of Cenobite life are just kind of crazy. Hey, Sergeant whatever in the last one said, even hell has its commandments. They just don't want us to know what they are. (laughs) It's a really fascinating thing to watch. Because, like, you also – because, again, I I didn't think about this until after I finished watching. It was like, oh, shit, when Angelique first, like, discovered this whole thing, there was no pinhead. I mean, technically, Pinhead wasn't no. around till what, like the 30s, he, the 20s, or 30s, or something like that. I didn't know what war he was from. Right? It almost was like, was he like a British guy taking I over think India? I assumed it was World War One. Yeah, maybe because he had the, okay, the very foofy military yeah. pants. But he even talks about he's like things have changed. It's a lot more ordered and a lot less fun. And we're like, oh, dude. So now we're doing this whole like, who's the head demon in charge, or she right, is, right, and right. I'm gonna get you back. Are we gonna get revenge? And then it just kind of peters out and we just see penhead talking to a bird he's like i grew tired of the princess it's like yeah what it's almost like that that seemed like a really cool element to drop in the film by the end of the film she's literally just like the third corner cinnabite i thought it was gonna be i thought it was gonna be yeah like a power struggle thing which would have been really cool and it does end up being sort of this just like so funny you bring up that bird because i was just like was this dropped from castaway there must have been like this must have been like 
where he's like talking to Wilson the volleyball. Yeah, um, Pinhead just loves John Woo movies. <laughs> I mean, um, they're pretty cool. Like if you if you like kicking flesh, it's a pretty good time. Yeah, I was really hoping that the Angelique thing would have kind of paid off better. Like I was, she's she's like feels like she's in love with this human she's supposed to destroy. Pinhead's pushing her. And you're like, all right, she's this ultimately powerful princess of hell. No yeah. magic's controlling her anymore. This could be really fucking fun. Um, yeah, that never manifested. And I think that's a bummer because when they said that, I thought that was really fucking cool. Yeah. I'm like, this is a well, great I angle. thought that's what was setting off like the back half of the movie. It's like, oh, shit. Yes. Because like. I, I can't remember what time that when that happens, but like this movie's only eighty five minutes long. Like we do not have a lot of time in this. It film. is fucking flat. It yeah, is three t- timelines in eighty five minutes. Yeah, I, I I agree though. Like I think there's like there is this like sort of missed opportunity because like I do you know I want to know more. I, I again like this movie. These movies never don't pique my curiosity. Mm-hmm. Not from the ways that like Doctor. Sherrod and uh or you know however you say yeah julia kirsty like not their form of curiosity but what i'm always curious like whenever we come back we do learn a little extra about these cenobites and the politicking that goes on and it's a really interesting thing and i think i'm always disappointed when we don't get to spend more time dealing with that because yeah in that in that regard like the reveal of what they really are because you know, like in two, we just figure out. Okay, well, they're 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 human at one point. Like I don't really know. Right. Like it is this really fascinating thing of like, okay, but what about everyone else? Like the princess of if this is a princess of hell, mm-hmm. is she human? Is she something so like, else entirely? Is she the is fucking Leviathan? Leviathan? Yeah. Does Leviathan have a dong and or vagina with which to make actual demons? And then yeah, because yeah, Pinhead. Pinhead only adopted the dark. You know what I mean? So it's like <laughs> that seems like an awesome fucking place to explore. Totally. Absolutely. That that seems amazing. And then yeah, by the end she's just like, haha, I'm a trick mirror and decapitates a guy, and that's her like contribution to the movie. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. I will say I mean, this is the thing though. You hear Pinhead, right? These two security twins find him. Fuck, that's like, so sweet. Pain, how dare you say that word? Pain has a face, and it is me. And you're like, yep, that's it. Like, if I get a scene like that, I'll always watch a Hellraiser movie. That totally. shit's awesome. Absolutely. And then, yeah, twist there. Like, they have, like, a half an Iron Maiden. Their face are getting twisted. You're like, yep, love all this. Fucking awesome. Yeah, fucking awesome. I do like that their power at the end when they kill the Marine on the ship is essentially they do demonic Night at the Roxbury <laughs> and just melt that guy between them. <laughs> I thought that was cool. But that's what I mean. There's always cool. I will say, though. There's this little bit tucked in here, right? When he's like, I've had it with the hell priest, right? I'm going to force this game. When he says, you know, um, I've always heard the greatest suffering is a parent losing a child. Ugh. And I was just like, wait, what the fuck? We yeah. got to this kid with the erector set. And I was like, was not prepared for that one. Yeah. Cause I was like, no, no. I was like, Hellraiser feels unsafe. Like, wh- no. And there's that bit, right? Where she hears mommy. She comes running out. She goes down these stairs. And she's like, you know, little Timmy, whatever the fuck his name is. And he's like, mommy, he won't let me come. Also, right? it's that kid who was like in every movie in the 90s. Yeah, every little show or whatever. There were like two kids, right? The My daddy's a gynecologist yeah, from that fucking kid and this kindergarten guy. cop and this kid. We're like always in everything. Um, but he says he won't let me come. 
Pinhead sneaks out and like puts his hand on the kid. Ugh. And it's and you're just you're so fucking scared. And then at the end, he's got his hands on his shoulders and like brushes his hand, like brushing his hair. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm telling you, in three movies, you're like, that's probably the most spine-chilling thing I've seen Pinhead do. Yeah. I think it's right? when it's like the gentler. Because he's just like, what taste I could cultivate in him. It's- I think that's the thing that's always so fascinating about Pinhead in these movies is like, I don't get freaked out when the flesh is corrupted and that kind of shit. It is all about dread. And like, to me, that's what makes this character so iconic is like, it's not that he does these things. It's that he's capable of them. And you look at him too. And you're like, that's always the thing that I think is really impressive about the Cenobite design is you're just like, they're capable of anything because they're willing to do that to themselves. Like that was like, what they they wanted that. And again, they don't, they don't have to run. They don't have to swing a machete. No, no, they just They don't have to get kicked in the dick or punched in the they face. Just walk they in. just stand there and they're like at the end of every human labyrinth there is only pain. Yeah. And that's where I just drop bucket loads of nut cuz I'm so happy <laughs> to be here. And you're just like, "Oh shit." Cuz I used to be a bouncer, right? In college in my early 20s. And it was always like the bouncer's worst fear is the guy who's like there are a lot of guys who want to fight, right? They think they're tough, right? But they kind of do like, all right, put them up. Let, meet me outside. Right. Every now and again, you'd see that guy. And you're like, oh, that guy's fucking insane. Like, <laughs> that guy will shut his brain off and be like, if I kill you in the next five minutes, I kill you. I won't think of the consequences. Because all of us, when you're, like, in a fight, you're like, all right, we'll, like, punch each other a little bit. I want to win. But the guy who's like, I'll, I'll fucking bite your nuts off. I'll break your kneecap. You know what I mean? I'll chew on your face. I'll strangle you to death, crack your head on the concrete, and then be like, oh, what? I'm going to jail? It was self-defense, bro. It's fine. Like, you know those guys. Everyone's seen at least one of those guys, and you felt the deep down, like, oh, they're different. Like, they're willing to go there. The Cenobites are like the exponential formula of that, right? Right. Um, And I just think it's cool. The Chatter Dog's fun. You know, the, like, running around and battling that's all fun right i'll tell you the thing that i liked the most about this but that that scene with the kid i mean that is that is truly what a good horror movie because we're both dads and you're just like imagine oh yeah they're like you find out amy or andrea been playing with fucking you know what's ironic too is like and that's what we see it's ironic too is like mike we just had like a rough day with the kid like it was a pain in the ass and he was just like such a little shit and yeah watching this today (laughs) It's like, <laughs> because again, it was just like, it was just one of those days, but yeah, like it is when you're a parent, it does. I didn't think it would affect me the way it has as far as like watching movies like this and being a parent now, but like, it is a very, very specific like shift in my personality. Like we're yeah. like, there's stuff that just hits very differently now. Like, and not just like Pixar and all the usual shit, but stuff like this that is like that is like nothing to do with like Pixar's anything. Hellraiser is a movie I would sell my soul for. <laughs> yes. I would absolutely I would absolutely undo the lament configuration. I would lift my shirt up and be like, put the hooks in, baby. I want to see that movie. In two and a half hours you can explore my ample flesh. Yeah. <laughs> see, like that would be the thing. I'd be like, hey guys, yeah. I don't need the nipple clamps, but yeah. What do you think about possibly? Yeah. Possibly. 
possibly making a movie with Pixar. <laughs> Nipple yeah. clamp those guys. No. I would. But see, yeah, and that's kind of the last, like, really great moment of the movie, right? Because then we do the, I want to use your machine to make a pathway, even though your machine was a light box trap, whatever. We do our classic, you know, shooting the box at people, ghostbustering them in. Angelique and Pinhead are brought back. We cut to the spaceship, right? You know, I don't believe in hell, but it believes in you. Well, I like. And then we have these fun shenanigans of fucking slaughtering Marines. Yeah. I, I will fine. say this, and this is like the thing that I liked, the, and I didn't see it necessarily coming because I wasn't paying attention, and I was really just like, oh my god, let's get to more of these flesh. But the part that I, I, I really did like the like the reveal that the spaceship is essentially like the final form for this. That like, was awesome, dude. The I, giant I was, cube. I thought it was cool as hell, man. That was fun, man. Like, is that a thing yeah. that people don't like? I thought that was fun. I, I, I think great. people are they think it's a little beneath again i think hellraiser suffers because the first two movies are just dense they have this epic score these wonderful kind of stoic yeah. villains and now we're getting into the trenches right the kind of or the gutters i guess as it were i honestly thought it was fucking fun man that the dog getting blown up the head getting cut off in the mirror the night at the roxbury death yeah. You know, thank God for men of reason. It's all good, man. Pinhead looking at Earth from a spaceship and just going, the Garden of Eden, a garden of flesh. Yeah. You're like, yeah, fuck. This is this is how I watch Hellraiser, so maybe it's me. Um, I watch Hellraiser like people watch Marvel movies, right? When I watch those and I'm like, this does it for you guys? And they're like, yeah, because that one moment. And I'm like, oh, I understand, because that's how I watch Hellraiser, right? Him just right. going, a god in a flesh. You're like, yeah, yeah, that's it. See, my one um, moment was literally like, welcome to Oblivion. Amen. Okay. So, because that's what he's doing. They're like, I'm so exquisitely empty. Yeah. He's like, I cannot die. That fucking scene at the end, right? Because somehow, I don't, I still don't know how this works. He lights a trap that shoots around the box, but not in the box. Well, I mean. But this... Pinhead is like thrown back and getting melted, right? Right, yeah, yeah. It's fucking awesome. His face is melting. Half his ah. face is gone, yeah. When he says, welcome to oblivion. And Pinhead says, amen. Amen. And there's a moment, if you go back and watch that, it looks like he's enjoying it. Oh, yeah, totally. Because hell has gotten less exciting since the princess was gone. I think this is a moment where, for the first time in a long time, he's really felt yeah. this I kind of like crushing nagging that he had. Because he's always the, he's not, he hasn't been the sub in decades centuries he hasn't been a sub <laughs> right yeah so now i think he's like yeah daddy burn me yeah i think he's there's some kind of what is the perverse pleasure he's taking in that moment i mean isn't like the ultimate if you're unable to distinguish between pleasure and pain anymore isn't the ultimate pleasure then total disintegration essentially yeah i don't know it's like he's hit this weird like nirvana he's like there's so many so many holes i can put in my right yeah and he's literally like yeah he's like he's excreting one last nut as he enters oblivion that's I don't know. those little things were floating around the ship <laughs> yeah. zero gravity hell nuts he's like ah. no i but i i found this this perverseness right because there's this this kind of sadisticness to him with that kid in the moments and and Angelique, and I was like, there's just some, it almost just feels like he's like, this is my crew now. 
Like yeah. I had this dope crew of friends, right? And we were like doing our shit until Kirsty Cotton blew it. Yeah, he's and like dealing with like he's like it's like all of Ocean's Eleven bailed, and he's like, oh great, these guys. He got back to hell with Angelique, and he's like, God, I thought you'd pep this place up, but you're just like another lady with her head peeled back. Yeah, you don't even have the cigarette for Burns in this one, <laughs> and he's like. This is just not the hell I thought. I can't it even would be. see your trachea from here. Like, what is the point of all this? <laughs> yeah, what do you bring to this, Angelique? What are you bringing to the table, Angelique? I'm I just gonna say it. it. Your effort level can Angelique my balls. <laughs> <laughs> You're not even trying, because that's when he's like, "I can smell the stench of your true beauty," and I was like, "That's it. That's what the fucking princess of the labyrinth looks <laughs> like." She's too I- hot. Great. I mean, she was. Now she's just like another. We got a real neck thing in hell. Yeah, a lot of neck stuff. It's like they're just like, God, that's so cool when smokers get trach rings. And then Leviathan's like, steal that branding, bro. They're just thinking <laughs> We're really saying Leviathan in hell. There it is, ultimate pleasure. <laughs> I think that is dope. Steal it. My own daughter, steal it. King fuckboy out, and he just turns back into the fuck. No, I don't. I I think there's like a sweet relief, right? And I don't know if audiences were feeling it too. Like, all right, we fucking hit the end of our pinhead road. I don't know that at this point people were like, oh, we got like six, seven more of these fucking movies in us. But God damn it, we do. I don't know. At the end, I was just like, it, it did what I wanted out of a Hellraiser sequel. Again, we get this this scary in charge pinhead and we get that that fucking demon summoning scene we get pinhead fucking rubbing that kid's hair scene and we get spaceship stuff i was like we got to see the box get made i was like so this movie while while clunky for sure under interrogation i could not hold up that this movie's not clunky (laughs) but it gives me again i this is the fourth one i've seen man what i'm looking for as we go on just give me those tastes, right? A little bit of new, a little bit of the stuff I love, right? Give right. me the VHS cover and a couple things I didn't expect to see. And again, I'm telling you, just that summoning scene and Penhead with that kid, that's worth the whole fucking movie to me. So I, I think this movie's better than people give it credit for. I don't think it's just the, oh, it's the shitty in space one. Yeah. And also, I will say, I actually like the in space sequels. I love Leprechaun in space. I like this movie. I fucking love Jason X. I think space is a great place for fucking horror movies. I to think occur. this. I think this kind of nails it. I mean, space is look. The, they paid off the space in a way that made a lot of sense to me. I appreciated yeah. that. Yeah, I thought that final image. You're like, that's classic. Like, just straight to fucking VHS awesomeness. Yeah, the space station is the cube. That's fucking cool, man. That's it. For Hellraiser Bloodlines, the family curse is over. Maybe. Uh, We'll be back tomorrow because you guys know the deal. 31 days, 31 pods. There's no month we love more than October. Uh, We love our horror marathon. Uh, So tomorrow we'll be back with Hellraiser 5 Inferno. 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 Um, Another one I'm excited to talk about. So, guys, if you want to have a movie to discuss with us every day this month, and we hope that you do, Open the box and enter the labyrinth of our Patreon. That's right, patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Exclusives over there, the full-length feature commentary on 13 Ghosts, 
Uh, you get a vote on movies. You get to pick movies you want us to talk about. Miniseries, all kinds of fun stuff over there. Uh, we appreciate all the support, guys. It means the world to us. So thank you for those of you who are already doing it. Thank you if you're about to. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email filmalchemistpod at gmail.com. Make sure you leave those rating and reviews too, guys. That's another way to help break this family curse. These algorithmic curses, goddammit. Um, I'm just excited, man. I'm excited to be plowing our way through Hellraiser. Well, that's a little on the nose for this series. <laughs> plowing our way through Hellraiser. Uh, so we'll be back tomorrow, guys. Thank you for joining us. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. I'm Alex Dandy. 